What is it you desire? What is it that you're seeing? What is it that you want? That when you wake up in the morning, there it is. When you go to bed at night, there it is. The very thing that you desire can only be accomplished, can only be achieved from the perspective of lordship. If there's one thing that I see, if there's one thing that I've been noticing, it's that lordship is a greater priority in the kingdom of God than anything else. Because if you have him as lord of your life, you will submit everything in your life to that lordship. But there are parts of our lives that we keep sometimes hidden from the Lord. There are parts of our lives that we don't give over to the Lord. How do I know that's true? Because I, we come to church and I'm, I, I'm, I'm constantly in, involved with other people's lives and I'm seeing areas in their lives where they don't give lordship. Every issue in your heart, every single issue in your heart is a lordship issue. Every issue. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you, then you will ask whatever you will and it will be done. But there's a, there's a response to the goodness of God that needs to take place before that want and that desire can be birthed. And that is lordship. Lordship. The enemy comes and he says, it's a, you know, this is the picture that I get. Okay, I came to church and we worship for a little while and now it's time to take up the offering. And then we take up the offering and now it's time to hear the message. And we, now we hear the message and then we go home. And you go home and you say, I've done my Christian duty. I went to church. And the Lord's standing there and go, but do, do you, do you, do you, are you in me? Do you want my life in your life? Do you desire to abide in me. So these are the two words that I've been hearing since this morning. These are the two words. Because I had all kinds of notes. I mean, I, I, can't even, I can't even talk about all this stuff. And these are the two things that I heard the Lord say. Position and posture. See, your position is fixed. Your position has already been provided. You have already been placed into the hands of the Father. You're already there. He's already provided that position for you. But your posture is something that you and I control. If you talk to a chiropractor, you talk to a doctor, they'll tell you a couple of different things. One of the things they'll tell you is that stretching is important. You know, you stretch. You make sure you get all that stuff, you know, bend over, stretch, and that's good. The second thing they'll tell you is that activity, exercise, eating right, all those things. But the other thing they'll tell you is your posture is important. You can get a brand new ergon, you can get all the ergonomical chairs you want. You can get the ergonomical uh, keyboard that you want. But if you don't have the correct posture, it will not benefit you. And what I'm hearing is that our posture will set us on a course. It, we're already in the position, but it's our posture. This morning, did you, you were in a position, but did you have the right posture? 
I love the grace message because it's the gospel message. But we lose sight of our responsibility to respond to the grace of God. We have to respond to the love of God. We have to have the correct posture to the position that He's already placed us in. If we don't have the right posture, the position, the position really doesn't matter because our posture is not right. There are things that God still wants to deposit in you this morning, but your posture's been wrong. I'm not talking to everybody. I'm talking about to a few of you. Your posture. You know, you stand up straight. You don't arch your back. You don't slump over. You posture yourself to be able to, to walk and to do what God's called you to do. But there's part of it that I believe we've shifted as a church, I believe, as a people, there are things that we have shifted. But guys, listen to me. There is something still more that the Lord is trying to drive home to us to do as a people. And it's, to, it's the posture that we carry. Manna is good. When manna falls down from heaven, it's great, wonderful, I love that. But he's equipped us and given us tools to possess everything that he's already freely positioned us to have. I'll put you on the spot, is that okay? The Lord desires liberty today. The essence of worship is our love for God. The essence of your worship towards Him is your love for Him. But see, here's the thing. You may not love Him the way that you think you should love Him, but His goodness, He's demonstrating His goodness this morning. His goodness is what draws men into that relationship. It's a spiritual thing. Therefore, in, because it's a spiritual thing, you and I must overcome the flesh. The flesh has such a dominating ability over us sometimes. And because it's got a dominating ability, we yield to the flesh more than we should yield to the spirit. That's how it comes sometimes when you're in church, somebody's looking at their watch. Why? Because the preacher's long-winded? Or because the praise and worship went long, or because lunch is good. It's about posture. Listen to me, I'm not saying that I, I can't get long-winded, because I do. I'm not saying that the praise and worship can't get long, because it does. But what I am saying is you can get unsettled, and you do. You can get impatient, and you do. We do. We want to, oh, come on, Lord, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Hurry is the enemy. Of a good posture. Hurry up is what the enemy wants us to use. We got to hurry up. We got stuff to do. We got stuff to do. Mm. There's a story that I that I listened to the other day of two men that chopped firewood with that with an axe, 
and they're chopping firewood, and they decide to have a competition between the two of them. One continues to chop wood and doesn't stop. I mean, just, just is getting after it. And every few, every few minutes or every couple of hours, you see the other guy over there in the shade taking a break. And at the end of the competition, the one that took the break had more firewood than the one that was just steady going, 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 just burning himself out. Listen to me. This is good. It ministered to me. So the one that was going, 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 he went to the one and he said, what did you, you cheated, what did you do? Because every time I look over, you was over there in the shade, chilling out. <coughs> he said, what did you do? How in the world did you accomplish more than I did? How in the world did you get more firewood than I did? Because I was nonstop. I didn't stop. I didn't take a break. I didn't get water. I didn't do nothing. I just kept after it and kept after it and kept after it. How in the world did you do that? And every time I look over, you were taking a break. He said, well, first of all, I wasn't just taking a break. He said, every time you saw me in the shade, I was sharpening my axe. You've got a sharp axe, you can cut wood faster. You cut wood faster, you can stack it up quicker. You can get more wood. See, his posture... The way that he used that axe and the way that he sharpened his axe gave him the ability not only to, to, to produce more for the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. But it also didn't wear him out. And I'm telling you this morning that the Lord is telling you this is your axe, one of your axe sharpening moments right here this morning. To sharpen yourself to prepare you for what's ahead tomorrow. To get you a little sharper, a little smoother, so that tomorrow when you wake up, you're not already discouraged. You're ready to go. you got your axe, it's sharp, you're rested, and you get after it, and you start cutting, and you start doing what God's called you to do. We just pass these moments by. So let, let me share one more thing with you, and then we'll close out, okay? What is it, the ninth or the eighth? It's the ninth. It's the ninth. We're nine days into the second half of the year. I want to challenge you. On, I, I want to put this challenge out there to you. And I say, this is what I kept hearing the Lord. Let's finish the year stronger than when we started. We're halfway through the year. Let's finish the year stronger than what we started. Whatever you did the first six months, just forget about it. Because it's a new month, it's a new second half of the year. We can finish this year out strong. But it's going to require position and posture. Your position is fixed. Your position was fixed when Jesus placed himself, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, you don't have to turn there for the sake of time, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says this, it says that he has placed us, seated us in heavenly places. It says, and you, he made alive. He made, he made. Turn to your neighbor and said, he made, past tense. That he made alive who were dead in trespasses. Don't, this shame shouldn't have any right over your life. 
Because if he already made you, he made you alive. Come on now, this is good. He made you alive before you ever sinned. So he saw you were going to sin, so he made you alive before you ever did that. So your trespasses have nothing to do with your position. Your performance has nothing to do with your position. Your prayer has nothing to do with your position. Listen, your posture has nothing to do with your position. Our position is fixed. Our position is stable. We've been seated, he said. He has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. Our position is fixed, but our posture is not. I believe that where we're at right now is a result of what God is doing. You know, in John chapter 15, he says that if you abide in me, that I am the vine, you are the branch. If you abide in me, you bear much fruit. And so when he looks at us and he sees no fruit, what does he do? He prunes us. That tells me that he's not really concerned with whether or not you look pretty. He's, he's concerned with us bearing fruit. And fruit that remains. Your fruit may not even be seen yet. He's interested in the fruit of your life because it's that fruit that will remain. So he may, he may prune you and you may not like it. You may not feel like it. I mean, Lord knows as a church we've gone through prunings. But we're seeing fruit because that's what he's put in us. Every one of us has the capacity for fruitfulness. Turn to your neighbor and say, that means you. But fruitfulness apart from God is not fruit. So here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that our, that our position has not changed. Our position is the same. But our posture can change. Our posture can change. We can change that. We can line ourselves up with that. And there is a trust factor that he's trying to get over to us that no matter what, we trust him. That no matter what transpires, we trust him. He said in Philippians, do not worry. That means that you and I have the capacity to not worry. He says in Mark 11, 23 and 24, whatsoever things you desire, if you speak to the mountain, that means every one of us have the capacity to speak to something. But you and I cannot do anything apart from him. And so what I'm saying is this morning he's adjusting you. He's adjusting us. There's a difference between being in a position and having the wrong posture and having the right position and the right posture. We need to have the correct posture. And it is not about work. It is not about how much you do. It is not about how much you say. It, we, you, you know, I grew up word of faith. Bless God, if I told them glasses to die, it was supposed to die because the more I said it and how often I said it and if I pointed at it and if I screamed at it, it had to obey. But that's not it. Our posture, our power comes from our position. But the release of that power is when we are postured correctly. That's why you never saw Jesus screaming at no demon. He just said, he wouldn't even talk to him. He would just say, come out. He would lay his hands on somebody and say, rise up. Because his posture 
was relative to his position. And I'm telling you that your position is fixed. What you and I have to do is work on our posture. Our posture. Come on, stand up with me. Your posture. Stand up before we dismiss. Stand up. Your posture. What is it that you desire? What is it that God has placed inside your heart? What is it that you're facing in your life this morning? What is obstacle? What mountains are in your way? What obstacle is standing in your way? And I'm telling you that there are things in your life that you will have to declare and decree to move. There are things in your life that you will have to say, Lord, help me. There are things in your life that he will supernaturally move in your life. But as long as your posture is fixed in your position, he will tell you what to do. We have to be reminded that this thing, this thing, this life we live is not a game. It's not a game. What we do here this morning is not a game. It's real. And there are people out there who want the position that you walk in and that I walk in. And every place, Joshua told Joshua, he said, every place that the sole of your feet shall tread, I have given to you. That tells me that if you don't go nowhere, he hasn't given you that land yet. Your posture. Not just your posture when you're standing still, but your posture when you're walking, your posture when you're praying, your posture when you come across people, when you come to church. It's your posture. And he is adjusting and telling us that there's a whole nother level or dimension of his power and his glory that we have not accessed. Not because, no, not because we're not in the right position, but because our posture is wrong. I know it because the Lord showed me the other day. He said, there are things that you're not accessing because you don't think right. So what I do, I said, oh, Lord, help my unbelief, help my thing. So in the matter of 72, maybe, maybe, more, like a, maybe more like seven days. In a matter of seven days, he has taken me from one place to the next to where I, I got whiplash. I'm like, I can't slow down just a little bit. His desire is to reveal things to you and to show you things that you have never seen before, but you will never see it if you're slouched down in your position. Your position is fixed. These chairs are here. When you sit down in this chair, this position is fixed. It doesn't change, but your posture is in your hands. Now, before you leave here, thinking that I'm telling you it's all about your posture and it's all about your posture. Let me tell you something. Jesus said before he left, he said, look here, I'm sending somebody to help you with your posture. I'm sending somebody to help you. So when you sit, he comes alongside and goes, here, stand up straight. Stand your back. Put your arm beside you. You don't remember that in school where you sit down and the teacher comes back and she goes, Pin. I remember being in, mu I remember being in, in music class and my music instructor would tell us, he said, stand up, straight. Use your diaphragm and pr propel that voice. When you sing like this, you stand up and you sing. That's the Holy Spirit. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning? Because I know he's talking to every one of you. What's he saying? 
Because the Holy Spirit will never condemn you. He will bring a word, and the word is to correct your posture so that you can stand strong, so that you can sit up straight, so that you can work and last and not wear yourself out. What is he telling you? Sharpening, why he's sharpening your axe. Have the correct posture. Because when it comes time for you to lay that axe on that log, you cut it four times rather than the 12 that the other guys are doing because you've sharpened, you've got the right posture. You've set yourself, you've set yourself like flint. You've set your face like flint. And you said, I will not move. I will not move. I'm telling you this morning, the Spirit of the Lord says that your, your position is fixed. It is immovable. No one can take you out of that position, but only you can have the correct posture. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us. Spirit of the Lord, Holy Spirit, we release our faith for you to help us have the correct posture. The same way that you helped Jesus in the garden, the same way that you helped Paul and Silas when they were in jail and at midnight, you strengthened them. You gave them the power. You dominated that environment because they had the correct posture. We yield ourselves to that right now in the name of Jesus. Now just lift your hands and just create that correct posture. Father, we worship you. We honor you. We give you all the glory, all the praise. No matter what I feel, no matter what people think, no matter what they think looking around me, I say I will have the correct posture and respond to your spirit in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And at midnight, I don't know, I still feel like that's still a word for some of you, maybe all of us. What is the midnight in your hour? In your life, what is the midnight hour in your life? Look at what Paul and they were beaten. Do you understand that? They were beaten for doing what was right. They were scourged for doing what was right. They were in prison. They were bound up in chains. And at the moment of their greatest anxiety, the moment of their greatest frustration, the moment of their greatest pain, it says that Paul and Silas, while praying, sang praises to God. Father, we praise you. We praise you. We praise you, God. We praise you, God. We praise you, Father. We worship you. We give you all the glory, all the honor. Oh, oh, we worship you. Hold on. Come on, if you've never done that before, worship Him. Just lift your hand, just praise the Lord right where you're at. And just say, bless God, at midnight I'm going to praise God. At midnight I'm going to praise the Lord. <coughs> yes. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Oh, I just praise in his name. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stop praising his name. Yes. Come on. I can't stop praising his name. I won't stop. I won't stop praising his name. Jesus. Jesus. Yes, oh, oh, yes, I won't stop, I won't stop, yes, hallelujah, 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 yes. I won't stop praising your name. Yes. I won't stop praising your name. I won't stop praising your name. I want to praise you. I've come to praise your name. I've come to praise your name. I've come to praise your name because I love you. There's power in your name. There's power in your name. There's power in your name. I need to praise you. I decided to praise your name. I decided to praise your name. I decided to praise your name. I made a choice. I'm walking in your name. Power, I'm walking in your name. Freedom, I'm walking in your name. Because I've come to praise you. Praise him. You know, we make a decision today to praise you, Lord God. I was listening to a teaching on Miles Monroe, and he said that we're humans that are created in God's image. He said the word humans comes from two words. The first word is humus, which means dirt. It's the earth. He made us out of the dirt of this land. And then he made us man, and man is spirit. And we've come from the kingdom of heaven, and we are spirit with a dirt body. And we create the word human. Dirt man, dirt and spirit together. And he says, 
I give you this world. I give you the authority over it. And we stand as man. And here in this plane that we've been put in, we have authority. You know, even when Jesus came, God could not dishonor his word. He had to send him as a man. He had to be born of a woman, born of dirt. But as dirt, we will leave the dirt behind and we will step back into eternity as the spirit. And we already stand in power and authority. But see, the enemy comes against the flesh, the dirt body that we are. And it distracts us. It corrupts us. It tempts us. It leads us down paths that we don't need to go. But we have to realize that the spirit is what makes decisions over what the body does. And Father God, we come to choose you today. This is the God that we serve by our spirits. You know, the world puts a lot of emphasis on the physical flesh dirt body, how it looks, how it's supposed to perform, what kind of clothes we have to put on, how everything appears to be. But we don't put that same energy into the spirit realm. So, Father, I want a new understanding of what my spirit is supposed to be. I want to see the kingdom of heaven as it comes I want to be part of that realm that speaks out with the authority that you've already put in me. And I want to master this body. I want to be a man who controls the dirt that I am made of on this earth. And I declare that the foundations were set on Jesus, the cornerstone. But he uses the body of Christ to build his church. And we stand in authority over anything that comes against that. We stand in joy. We make a decision today. See, it's all about your decision, my beloved. It's about the choice that you make. God honors us, and he does not force us to do anything. He teaches us in his word, and he teaches us about a spirit that is in us and the authority that that has. But we have to make a decision to believe in that thing. And when we do that, we can conquer death. We can conquer hell. We conquer the grave, but we are spirit first. So, Father, I open up the kingdom of heaven, and I declare that the spirits that are amongst us line up with you. I surrender this fleshly dirt body to you today. Father, I make you commander and king over my life, and I thank you for teaching me. And, Father, as we even walk out of this place, even today, Father, I declare that we are ruled by the Spirit that is already in us, that we are submitted to you, Lord God, and you alone. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We worship you. Worship means worthy-ship. That means the worth that you have, Lord. We see it. We understand it, and we understand that you saw something in us when you created us, in your own image, and you turned around and you called this spirit with this dirt body, you called us your children. You've made something out of us, and you sent us on a mission, Father. We call forth that we will fulfill that mission today in everything that we do. We walk out of here, new creatures today, knowing who we are, the altars are open up here today. If you need to come, and if anybody doesn't know who the Lord God is, and they want to receive him today, 
That's awesome. Come, we will meet you up here. If there's anybody that needs to be refreshed and says, I want a renewed outpouring of who he is in me. I want my spirit to take charge, and I need you to pray for me. We will bring a team up here, and we will pray for you. We will meet you up here. But it's about how you walk out of here today. And we thank you for the pastor's word, which sets us on fire and teaches us even new things and reminds us of the things that are about us and what we're supposed to accomplish. It helps us not, be, not to be distracted. Let's keep our eyes on you. Let's keep our eyes on you. We pray for this world that you have authority over. And we turn on the news every day and we see signs that the dirt has taken over and it has corrupted the things of God. And we set those things back in order because we can speak to them. We can be those correction agents that you've called us to be. So, Father, we declare it today. And I invite anyone who does not know the Lord, our altar is open. You know, it's not just being part of this church. It's being part of his kingdom. If you desire that, we will be up front. We can pray for you. Please come. Please come. Time is so short, and the end season is even now, and this is where we will show our greatest authority as the world turns and focuses eyes on the kingdom of God. We declare it. Amen.